Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The Collingwood side of the equation from last night, the captain Scott Pendlebury is with us on Crunch Time. Scott, welcome. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. How'd you come away from last night? Um, yeah, pretty tired, actually, when I got up this morning. I don't really sleep too well. Um, yeah, just a, a little bit disappointed. I felt, um, you know, we had, we had a crack all night and we just were really messy with the footy and um, I think got, you know, in the end just sort of got overrun by, um, you know, the, the way that they played and they were able to just sort of dominate the territory game in, in that sort of last quarter and a half. Was it frustrating? There were glimpses. There were moments where you thought, oh, how, how good does this look? And the rest of the night was just sort of just an offbeat moment here or there. Yeah, it was sort of that almost night. Like, we almost got a lot of things right. But, um, you know, credit goes to Geelong too. You know, their, their pressure was pretty good. They never gave up on plays. Um, they forced us to sort of make the extra handball or another kick. So, um, you know, I felt like in that second quarter, Potentially could have put a, a nice little gap in the game if we had, a, you know, I think we missed a couple of snaps from the top of the goal square. I missed lots of like 25 out. Got to take those opportunities and, you know, it's a long way really good side. So, um, you know, they, they could probably say the same thing though as well about the last quarter. They had a lot of opportunities and, and didn't capitalise until, you know, really late. Scott, Bob here. Uh, was there, was, how deep was the frustration at halftime? Because watching it from the ground, it, it looked like you guys had so much of the so much of the play in your half it looked like not quite dominant but certainly in control and the, and the scoreboard didn't reflect that did it did it take did it take the wind out of the out of the the boys sails at all oh, i don't think so even i think in the last quarter initially when they got up and then we fought back to um, get a goal in front so the boys were into the fight there's no doubt about that it's just um yeah you just you just know that it'd be nice to kick those goals and, and nobody means to miss so um yeah as i said we're doing a lot of things right it was just the finishing off in front of goal, which has usually been a strength of ours in the last sort of 12, 24 months. There's been so much conversation around the new 666, and we spoke to Chris Scott earlier about his experience as a coach when the game tightened up late. What was it like for yourself as a, as a captain of, of your footy club and being in the midfield? Were, were, you, were you more aware of that when the game tightened up late? Yeah, it's a funny one because when we were down... By I think a goal. I was all for the six, six, and six. Like, you know, if you, get, if you can get a breakout, you might get a quick goal, which is what we did. And then we managed to get another one to put us a goal in front. But then I didn't really like it because I would have liked a few people charging off the back of the square. So, yeah, as a player, um, yeah, certainly, as I said, when when you're in front, you wish you could have all the support in the world behind. But I think as neutrals and spectators and the look of the game, I think it was. It's exciting knowing that you can get a centre centre break and you can go into even numbers and let your forwards go to work. Can I ask you, as captain, how much of an impost now, without the use of the runners, does the message or the setups or just the the conversation uh, from coaches' boxes? It's not there at the moment. It's not it's not as readily available. Has fallen on your shoulders. And, and is, did you notice it at all last night, or have you noticed it through the JLT? Um, I think more than anything, it probably falls um, the you know the forward line group, the midfield group, the back line group. Those divisions, uh, it's so important. If you know if you're a forward, you're going back out there to get the message out to the to the rest of the guys. So it's probably the guys that aren't used to doing it as much. Um, you know the guys like myself, Steele, Howie, 
you know, we've we've been doing this anyway, and then usually the runner goes out and just delivers sort of messages for, for people. So now it's everyone's got to be willing to go out there and give that feedback, you know, structurally or tactically what things we want to change. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. I think every side's trying to play with it and try and find what's optimal. You don't get the result last night, but how how tangible is it for you when you walk away from the game to know this is why we lost? I, I think if, if you had to make a phone call to a couple of players or to give a review to a coach, what sort of feel would you be putting on it t- today to sort of say, OK, we can correct this and go from, say, a nine-goal performance last night to a to a 15-goal performance next weekend? Is, is it is it something that's readily fixable? Yeah, I think Buck spoke about it last night. Just our, um, yeah, we, we pretty much have just been burning the ball in our back half and probably just playing the game too quick. You know, we get it out and we just bang straight into a handball chain or um, just too eager to go straight away. We've just got to let the game sort of settle a little bit more and we'll find space. So, we, yeah, Bucks hit it straight away after the game. We knew in the two JLTs it was an issue. And, um, you know, even at times last year it plagued us as well. So it's just one of those things that, We've identified, and then um, and then the other one. I think we just got to take you know our chances. We had a few drop marks, um, you know, shots in front of goal. So we'll just go to work on that. And um, yeah, I think I think as a side, we know what we need to improve on, and um, you know, we'll try and learn the lessons real quickly and, and get up again for Thursday night. One of your strengths last year was your unpredictability in your forward half. Uh, Jamie Elliott, I thought, was one of the stories of the night. He gives you a different dynamic. Take us behind the work that he's done in the last two years to get himself to the point that he can come back in and have the impact he did last night? Yeah, it's. Um, I think when he kicked that first goal, everyone was just so happy for him. To, um, it was almost like a sigh of relief. Like, it was almost a little bit of a moment where, you know, I'm back finally. Now let's just get on with footy because it has been... You know, it's, it's two years um, in the making where, um, you know, he's an established superstar of the competition, then you get two years taken away out of your career. So the work that he does... Um, you know, every single day to, to make sure his body's right. Um, all the little things that he's doing um, to stick at it for two years is a fair effort. So last night was just great reward, and you know, for a guy like him last night to come out and, and kick three and put that forward pressure on was was fantastic. And now as a forward group, we've just got to you know make sure we keep working together. That's the first time you know that group's played together. So get the dynamic right, and you know, it'll take a little bit of time, but um, yeah, it's an exciting forward group that we've got up there. And the other one for me was Darcy Moore. He appears to have found his home, Pendles. Is he there for yep. good at back, or will you be tempted to put him forward at some stage? Oh, I think he's, he just looks so natural behind the footy. Um, he just reads the play so well. His athleticism, play on tall and small. Uh, yeah, and, and he's um, you know the legitimate 70-metre player when he gets the ball in his hands from kick-outs. You know, he can take off um, you know, 55, 60-metre kick, so it's invaluable to have behind the footy. And, yeah, I think he, you know, for now he'll definitely stay behind the ball. But you know, like last year and um, every side, you know, you see with Richmond France going down, if something gets thrown up and he has to go forward, he's got that capability as well. When you drove into the MCG last night, Scott, and it's game day again. Did, did you have any lingering thoughts on on Grand Final day and and what that means to you? No, not not really. I just um, I reckon every year round one, you're always a little bit edgy, agitated, sort of. Uh, yeah, I find it nervous, really just wondering how you're going to go, how's, how's the game going to play out, uh, you know, are we going to be able to play the way we want to play, what's Geelong going to bring, so I just had all those questions going through my head, and, and for me, 2018 done and dusted, can't get it back, um, you know, it's all about 2019 and making sure, um, you know, we attack this as best we can and give it our best shot, and 
you know, last night wasn't the ideal start, but, you know, we'll improve and, and get better. How tangible is the idea of just how much work it takes to get back to where you want to be? Uh, well, it's a lot it's a lot more enjoyable playing in finals than 2017, 16, 15, 14 when we weren't. So that works hard work and rewarding, and the other works hard work without the reward. So the guys know how hard it is, how much work, uh, but it's been really good in fighting that. But it's a process, it's a, um, it's a journey. Let's take it step by step, round by round. Uh, and we came up short last night, so, you know, we've failed that first test and we've got to get back on the horse pretty quickly and, and you know, play a formidable opponent in Richmond on Thursday. Your forward 50, Scott, just, it looks so much different when Mason Cox is in there. I know there was time, there's times where he's got to come off the ground and rest and there's times where he has to go in the ruck, but when he's not there, it's almost last night like that that ball, that high ball going into Mason is so predictable for the rest of the group. And when he's not there, I, I, I want to ask you what it's like looking up and seeing him there and then not seeing him there because I'd love to do a, a, a balance, a profit-loss profit sheet on when he's not there because it looked last night as, as if there was no direct bona fide target when he wasn't down there. Is that a fair call? Yeah, well, I think it's just um, because Mason's so unique, you know, like... You can literally kick the ball in his area and you know there'll be a contest. doesn't matter how many people are there. And it's it's something that, um, you know, no side other than us really have that a guy that's seven foot that plays forward. And I suppose you see more a traditional forward line when he's not there where, you know, Brody Majek's the key forward who's six foot four. And, um, you know, all your forwards have got to get back and help equalise because you can't let, you know, checkers go 1v3, whereas Coxie, uh, our forwards probably feel a little bit more comfortable to... Um, let their guys try and fly against him knowing that it'll come to ground. So it's something we've got to work on for sure that when Cox is not there that we equalise better, allow the forwards that are there to have real legitimate one-on-ones. So it's a, it's a discussion for another time, but it's almost as if Mason needs to stay permanent forward. He's such an important commodity for you now. Yeah, he is. He's, um, as I said, like whenever you get the ball and you look up, he's, he's so valuable. So um, but then again, you know, you can't just flog Brody all night in the ruck, so he's got to have that break, and Cox is a, a really good second ruck for us. So, uh, as I said, I think it's more the forward group and, and working out how we want to play. Um, you know, and Geelong defended us really well last night at times too, forced us long when, um, you know, we probably needed to find an extra kick to, to get to the open side or, or change the angle so we could open up some different leading lanes. What will you be ready for on Thursday night? I suspect Richmond would like to try to work out some of their um, some of their angst from the preliminary final on you. Um, yeah, well, we've had some really good battles with them last year. Um, so I think both sides sort of know what to expect watching them um, Thursday night and you know even watching our game this morning. is like both sides are still a little bit scrappy, not quite um, as polished as probably both sides would like to be yet, but... We have a fierce battle around the footy when we play Richmond um, and we've got to be up, roll our sleeves up, get to work and, um, yeah, see how we go. Scott, thanks for your time today and, and good luck for the journey ahead. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Scott Pendlebury is the Collingwood captain with us on Crunch Time. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.